Thank you for joining me for episode number 48 of Kansas City Food Memories. Don't forget, this is a taped presentation of a live radio show, so do not call or text in when prompted. Sit back and enjoy. Thank you. Good morning. This is Robert Dunsing, and thank you for tuning in today to Kansas City Food Memories, where we talk about the people, places, and food that make Kansas City such a great place to live. My guest last week was Ron Regan, or Ron Regan of Regan's Riverboat and several other restaurants and coffee shops around town. He had a lot of great stories and actually helped me um, arrange for my guest that I'll have next week, which will be wonderful. And uh, it was I'm also going to have him back for a couple of panel discussions because he was a former president. Uh, he was involved in the Restaurant Association and knows everybody. And so I think he'll be a great resource on a panel discussion. If you want to go back and catch that show, remember that and all of my previous shows, the last 47, 48 shows, are available on all podcast platforms. Just go and search for Kansas City Food Memories. Google, Spotify, Apple are probably the three biggest. I think we have listeners. We have listeners in over 30 countries around the world now that go back and just kind of reminisce about the old, good old days. Now, my guest today is really... Um, it's kind of interesting. This shows one of the f- more entertaining parts of my show is that how it seems like every show we connect two or three dots, which um, which which is a good way of uh, uh, it shows you the magic of living in Kansas City and being in Kansas City. In fact, uh, Jordan brought his wife with him, and and she was downstairs and knew two of the people that were downstairs outside waiting to come in. So it just shows the magic of it. So my guest today is Jordan Kraft. And his wife, Diane, Jordan called in a few weeks ago when somebody mentioned having the best hamburger ever at a place called Cindy's Bedspread in the River Key. And about 10 minutes later, Jordan himself called in and, and said, well, if you want to know stories about that restaurant, I used to own that. So, Jordan, go ahead and turn your microphone on. And then just have the microphone right in front of your mouth so that we can hear you. But welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert. So no need to be nervous or anything like that. There's only about 15 or 16 listeners out there. <laughs> so, you, so you'll be fine on that one. So the number one I'll ask you, and I think I know the answer, but why were the hamburgers so amazing that 50 years later people still remember it? I think it was just uh, that they were, they were new. There were a lot of different components involved. It wasn't just a piece of meat slapped on a bun. Yeah. Everything was on a, a Wolferman's English muffin. You know, a little. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's a plus right there. Nobody ever thought about putting an avocado on a hamburger before. Well, that, that's good. So how many restaurants were you involved in around that same time frame? I know it was, it was more than just Cindy's Bedspread. Well, we had uh, Dinkeldorf's Deli in the River Key. Okay. Uh, Dirty McNasty's Boiler Room, a okay. bar with live entertainment. Underneath Dinkeldorf's, uh, we took over a a real upscale place called Harlow's just on a management contract contract because the owner was having a problem uh, having ends meet properly. And then uh, right above Cindy's bedspread were our offices and a catering facility for about 150 people and another Dinkeldorf's on 103rd and Metcalf and another one in the Antioch Shopping Center. Okay. So it, so you had quite a few. How many of you were involved in the ownership group? Uh, primarily me and one other guy. Okay. And somebody, because there's a lot of stuff on Internet and Facebook and things like that. There was a Pat Harrington that I saw in a couple of news articles. Pat and, Harrington was a Gilbert Robinson manager. Okay. And he really put together the menus primarily. 
a lot of the recipes, all that kind of stuff. Okay. He was really the food brain. Okay. For you guys? Yeah. Okay. We were, is he around anymore? No clue. Okay. Because he, he's the one who knows the secret behind those hamburgers. I'm sorry? He probably knows the secret behind those hamburgers then. <laughs> he, he probably knows a lot of secrets. <laughs> well, 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 it was interesting. Uh, there was an article in the Kansas City Star where he was bagging on the Kansas City, Missouri, and the inspectors and the poor job they were doing in allowing restaurants to open. It was, uh, it was, it was a Chinese fire drill. Yeah. You know, they, they, they'd come in like, you got to move that sneeze guard. Yeah. Well, people yeah. were getting pickles out of it. Yeah. And the guy would pull his badge out. You know who I am. I can shut you down. Yeah. Well, I've heard stories of a mm-hmm. uh, another Jewish deli in town that used to sell pickles in a pickle barrel, and people just shove their whole arm down there and grab a pickle out of it. <laughs> and where was that? Sounds yeah. good. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. And I, and I remember reading an article about how the owner of that restaurant had real problems with the health department because I'm not changing. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, you know, the, the good old ways aren't always the, the best way. You know what? Whoever got poisoned by a pickle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. I'll, I'll just let that one go. So, so you had the, all those different restaurants. So, like Cindy's Bedspread, and then you had McNasty's. How long did they last down there? Until the world blew up. Yeah. So, when when did you first open? Early seventies. Uh, yes. Okay. So the River Key, we always call it Key, and if you Google it, it's spelled Q U A Y. Right. And so the, I guess it was started by, um, was it Mario Trezolo? Mar- Marion Trezolo. Yeah. He was, a, he was quite a visionary. And the amount of stuff that those people accomplished, he had four or five guys doing all the construction. None of them spoke English, but they were terrific. And, uh, I mean, it was just a, it was a blast, and that's how I got involved. My partner called. Yeah, no, no river key puns here, please. <laughs> my partner called. He said, there's a guy, he's putting together this area in north of downtown Kansas City, and we could do a restaurant, like, really cheap. Mm-hmm. And he said, I know you got some money, rat holes, so come on. Yeah. And he and I have been best friends, God, since high school. And I said, okay. And uh, the rest is history. Well, that's good. All right, so uh, McNasty's, what was the story on that place? Uh McNasty's was right beneath Dinkeldorf's. Okay. And my partner and I walked downstairs one day, and it was an old coffee warehouse. And I turned around, and I said, my goodness, Pete, look, it's Kelly's in Westport. And the next thing I know, we were building a bar. We didn't know how, but we did it. So you had, what, three places down in the River Mark- the River Key? Three places plus the catering facility. Yeah. All right, so the three places, how quickly did you open all three of those? As quickly as possible. Okay. I don't know. Time frame. We, you know, like I said, you got to remember, we're kids. Yeah. We're 22, 23. Didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. We didn't know how to open a bar. We had a, a thing of concrete. Just bring it down and pour it out of your thing. There's probably sneakers still in there. Yeah. And it was uh, supposed to be Dirty McNasty's. And there was a great big boiler down there. And we didn't have the money to move it, so we put bars around it and beer taps in there, <laughs> and it became the boiler room. So the bar we built out of old bricks, and the, the wall that we attached the uh, booth to, we bought an old barn and built a wall, and then it attached booths to them. Like I said, it was everything was kind of hit and miss. 
Hmm. All right, hold on a second. So, Rocco, um, if you're in there, let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. For the listeners, the phone line is 913-586-7798. That is the call-in line. So if you have a question, if you happen to work in one of those restaurants, I know I visited with a couple of you on uh, Facebook that said you might call in this week. But um, so if you're a former employee or a customer, you have fond memories of that. I'm sure Jordan would love to hear stories about that, that a restaurant from 50 years ago made a lasting impression on you. So if you have any of that, go ahead and call in. If you're out of state and you want to call in and have a story about it, um, you're welcome to do that as well. 913-586-7798. And so every once in a while, if I get distracted over here, Jordan, I'm reading the computer screen, there's a text line so people can call in and and uh, or text in with a question or a comment or something like that. I know you're not real big into texting <laughs> with your flip phone. But that <laughs> oh, it's an original. It's an original uh, flip phone. Well, there's a funny story in that because I had sent uh, sent uh, Jordan a text and he didn't reply back. And I said, "What's going on?" And I said, "Isn't it your cell phone?" He goes, "Well, yes, it is a cell phone, but it, it's a flip phone. I don't know how to read text or send text on it." So, so you're actually not alone. I have uh, three other guests have been on my show that don't even own cell phones. That's, I envy them. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's good to, to be involved. All right, so so you have those two places. Tell me about Dinkeldorf's Deli. What would you like to know? Well, about? okay, it was a it was a Jewish deli, right? Well, yeah, yes and no. I mean, okay. you know, it was b- basically a big sandwich place. Okay. And uh, the only really Jewish thing we sold were knishes. Okay. Which is a little dough, a little dough ball filled with meat and okay. onions. Or- well, I just saw it advertised as that because I have a subscription to the archives and the paper and a few other places, and it just mentioned it that way. Okay. But um, so so you're known for your sandwiches. Yes. Uh, uh, is that the is that the place where you did that great big sandwich that you sold it by the inch? Yes, that was the Big Mother Hoagie, a five foot long hoagie, that we sold by the inch, and we sold a lot of them whole for catering. Okay. So uh, how long was it when it was whole? How big of a sandwich? Five foot. Five foot, really? Yeah. And we and that was a New York Bakery made them for okay. us. Okay, good. Uh, that was, that was going to be my next question, where you yeah. got it. Manuel Becker at New York Bakery. And I don't know if it may have been the only independently owned bakery with facilities that could do something that large. Yeah. Well, that'd be fun because I have an oven that's nine foot deep, so I could do it. But yeah, I, but this is 50-some years ago. Yeah. Yeah, but I, do, I don't know how if I'd be able to sell it. A five foot or a nine foot sandwich. You'd be surprised. All right. It well, goes. I'll tell you what. For, for catering, it's. A well, big, how do you transport that though? Uh, on a big board and wrap it up. Okay. And it, like I said, it's not brain surgery. Because I know we did as many as twenty five at a time. Really. For sporting events, you know, and you pack them up and put them in a truck and hmm. and uh, take them out there. All right. Well, for the listeners out there, in case you don't know, my name is Robert Dunsing. I own, my wife and I, we own Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. And so if you have a need for a five-foot sandwich, give me a call and we can talk <laughs> details. And if you want to do a special event. Try but, and find somebody now that will bake one for you. No, I can't. I have, I have an oh. oven that's nine foot deep. Oh, okay. So I can do it. Go I mean, there's it. a lot of things I can do. But as my wife tells me, is it something I really should do? In the case of a business, that I'm not going to do something unless there's a market for it. But I, you know, I've I've toyed with the idea because I thought it'd be fun to do, but I didn't really know anybody who did one like that. So 
We'll talk after the show. Okay. You can, we can do some, uh, you can do some restaurant consulting for me. There you go. All right. So you had the Dinkeldorfs that was over there, and they were they known primarily for those sandwiches? Uh, yeah. Yeah, people would come in and, and give their order, and then they go sit down, and they make up your stuff and holler your name. Okay. All right. My guest here is uh, Jordan Kraft, and somebody just sent a text, and it goes, Mmm, Dinks, build your own omelet. Yes. Uh, Dinkeldorf's 103 was a, a 103rd Metcalf, and you would come in, and we had an omelet bar. We had a lot of we had a, we did a lot of things that were firsts. We had an omelet bar, and they'd give you an omelet pan, and you go up and put all your stuff on the pan, take it up to the window, and then they'd wrap it up in an omelet and bring it to your table. Huh. And we also had entertainment that didn't start until midnight, so we were busier than all get out between midnight and two or three in the morning. So, which of the uh, did all three restaurants have live entertainment? No. Because I, I know McNasty's did. Oh, for sure. But did uh, Dinkledorf's? never did, okay. no. There wasn't room there. Okay. Uh, How big a part was that of your identity and your business, the live entertainment? Well, as far as uh, McNasty's, was, it was huge uh, because people paid to get in and we were busy all the time. So was that part of the original plan? I mean, you wanted <laughs> yes, to have a place we, yeah, with we live built entertainment? A stage. We built a stage in the front of it and then... If you looked at the stage to the right, was a was a recreation center, you know, pinball machines okay. and all that kind of stuff, and uh, the rest was all seating and stand at the bar and drink cheap drinks and have fun. Okay, so where did you get the name Dinkeldorf's? I don't know. Uh, uh, Pete, who was my partner, came up with these weird names, and if you ever saw a picture of Dink. Uh, his wife did all of the the uh, graphics. Okay. His uh, well girlfriend at the time, and uh, there you go. Okay. And the menu the menus were all a newspaper that you opened up, and the front of the menu had all kinds of the history of Dinkeldorf, and uh, a Dinkeldorf for president campaign okay. that we did. When the Republican convention was in Kansas City, they had ordered some. Was, was that 72? Oh, God, I don't know. Okay. But we walked in with all of these five-foot-long sandwiches and walked through the Republican convention with signs that said, Dinkledorf for president. <laughs> uh, needless to say, we got kicked out. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But like I said, we're kids having fun. All right, so you, you were kids having fun. You had three different restaurants going there. How many years did you really um, do well down there before things kind of fell apart? I, you know what? I don't know how many. Yeah. I can't tell you how many years. I mean, it was like two, it three, be, was it like it eight or nine years? Somewhere between three and five. Okay. Because that was the cash flow base to open the other restaurants. Right. Uh, like out in Johnson County. Okay. When everything went boom, cash flow stopped, and it's been nice knowing you boys. Yeah. So so you, you so you closed the the restaurants outside of downtown as well at the oh, same yeah. time. Everything went kaboo at the mm -hmm. same time. Yeah. Well, that's but, rough. You know, well, people got to be afraid to go down there, right? Because of the bad publicity. Yeah, yeah. That was you know there was a lot of livelihoods that were impacted by all of that, and oh yeah, you know we're, you got a a ton of young people that could open some kind of business 
on a shoestring. Yeah. And, I mean, whether you were doing leather goods or whatever the heck you were doing, it wasn't it wasn't the plaza. You didn't have to spend a million dollars to make it pretty. And you went in business and, and people knocked on your door. Was it expensive to build things down the plaza even back then? That uh, I would assume so. I mean, yeah. the plaza was the plaza then, and yeah. just like it is now. Yeah. I mean, it's not not like you were able to do just carry a bag of concrete down and, and mix it, and you're done. <laughs> uh, no, like I said, we uh, just did stuff. We didn't know yeah. what we were doing. We just did it. Yeah. Uh, simpler times sometimes. You know, because it's, you know, restaurants have always been viewed as a shoestring operation that you could start up on a whim, you know, if that's something that you love to do. It's getting harder and harder. I don't know if those times are gone forever, but you know, there's every every month there's there's new people moving into an old restaurant spot. The landlords say, "Well, if you move into this spot, you can have all the equipment, and you know, you can pay discounted rent for sixty days." They yeah. think, "Well, that's more than enough time to get your foot set," and it's not. <coughs> so, so um, back then, so have you lived in Kansas City your whole life after that? Primarily. We, Primarily. We lived in Florida for a few years. Okay. So what were some restaurants that you look back fondly on back in the 70s, 80s? Oh, my God. Uh, well, I've heard people call about Wimpy's. Okay. I remember a place called, I always, the only reason I remember this, I never got involved with the menus. The only time I ever did, there was a place way back in the day called Brennan's. I think it was on Prospect. Okay. And my folks would take take us there when we were kids. And they had a thing called Brennan Special that was a triple-decker grilled barbecued beef sandwich. Ooh. And I made them put it on the menu on 103rd Metcalf. Had nothing to do with anything else on the menu, but I it's the only time I ever forced my will on anybody. Yeah. Well, so, so uh, you said you never really did the menu. So when you were doing the new restaurant themes, what was your favorite part, the favorite part of the business for you? Yelling at uh, city officials. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting. Yeah. Man, you know, you fight for your rights. Yeah, because a lot of places... Well, I'll tell you, you what, huh? Pete and I had, a, it was like a game. I mean, he was the ultimate wasp. Okay. Okay, coat and tie never sweats. I'm the, I'm the guy with the Yell! I'd, I'd jump up and down and yell, and he'd quiet me down, and they'd talk to him. Yeah, good guy, was, bad guy. He was the brains of the outfit. Okay. And I would, he'd give me a list of 25 things to do, and I'd go out and get them done, and everything and everything would be great. So did, which did you enjoy more, the creating and building of a restaurant or the running of the restaurant? Uh, running, okay. because I, I, I was probably the best front-of-the-house guy in history. Okay. I got. To, I dealt with the customers. How's this? Let me bring you this. Try this. Tell yeah. me how you like it. Tell your friends. Come and see me. Blah blah blah. Uh, Pete would be uh, sequestered in an office with a bunch of paper and a computer before they were cool, and uh, that's that was his end of it. Yeah. So I was the people person, and he was the 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 business end. Okay. So th- how about the food side of it? Did you just hire different people to do what you wanted? Uh, like you said, Pat Harrington. Uh, the guy at Cindy's Bedspread was a guy named uh, Ellie Roth. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Nikolai e- Rothovich or something like that. Okay. And he was a, I don't know where he came from, some restaurant. And uh, and he was involved in it. 
And then we had another uh, ex-Gilbert Robinson guy that I think ran one of the places. And, and uh, you know, they'd come and go and move on and, and hopefully for them move up. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So um, any other restaurants that you kind of w- – that you miss from the 70s, 80s that you wish we could have around again that you look back fondly on? Talk a minute. Let me think. Okay. All right. Well, you know, that's always interesting kind of hearing people in the food business know what they really miss because, you know, uh, people, outsiders that, that look at restaurant owners think that if you own a restaurant, you never eat out anywhere else. You oh, know, but, but that's not the case. Wrong, no. Oh, no. You know, because Jasper, we yeah, have you know that what? Real quick, Lujan's uh-huh. was on 5th and something where the first Grozo's okay. uh, started down on 5th Street. And I can't remember the family name, but they lived up the they lived upstairs. They had the best veal parmesan. Now you got to remember, I'm probably 10, 12 years old. Okay. But to this day, I remember going to Lujans with my parents. Yeah, Lujans. I, I I think I've only heard that mentioned once before, and never heard context or anything like that on that. Well, and you can. It's like all those old play Jenny's. Oh yeah. In the river, you know, down yep. in the market area, Jenny Jenny Borelli. Uh, they. They got famous. Uh, the original Roma Bakery. Oh, yeah. You know, where you go in, walk up the steps. They had a big thing full of breadsticks oh. where you, your fat kid could grab a couple of them, which which was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, Diane, let me ask you real quick. I, I know I told you. Um, go ahead and turn your microphone on and then pull the microphone. That The microphone. There you go. Pull that up. So so how long um, so do you how long have you lived in Kansas City? All my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what were your favorite restaurants from, from like, 70s and 80s that you really miss? Oh, I miss the cafeterias. Okay. Um, like the Forum? The Forum, and there was one in Mission, the Green, Myron. Myron Green? Myron Green. Yep. Because um, I used to go with um, Rosie, which is Jordan's mom, um, and it, it just... There was something about a cafeteria, yeah. you know, being able to go pick your own stuff out. Well, the forum down uh, downtown that was in the Jones store, mm-hmm. oh, the Salisbury State, I still miss that. Oh, yeah. And the big tea rolls. And, but um, I miss a lot. We did. I didn't get to eat out a lot, um, you know, growing up. Um, I When I met Jordan, um, he sort of turned me on to – all the restaurants he's talking about yeah. now. Yeah. And because I'm, I'm from Kansas, he's from Missouri. Yeah. So I didn't have any idea of these places at all. Yeah. And uh, I do remember him taking me, taking me to M&M Bakery. Right. And I was like, okay, where are we? Because this, <laughs> this place has big bars on yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you walk in and the, I forget her name. The Jewish lady that was um, was in Auschwitz yeah. had had her tattoo, and she was just the kindest person. But he showed me Wimpy's, and yeah, well, it's funny though. You get out of your comfort zone. I mean, it's not like there weren't areas like that in KCK too, but those were areas that you were used to, so that's okay. Right. You go to a different one. You don't. You, you're concerned. So you were you. There's probably a lot of listeners that remember you from your working at a restaurant as a bartender. Oh, I, well, ho- hopefully, yes. Well, yeah, yeah. So where were you a bartender at? I was at uh, Paradise Diner, started there. 
I loved that place. Oh, it was it was it was the best. I mean, it was a really high quality food at the mall. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, they just started out. It was bizarre to have a restaurant, I think, in the mall like that, and uh, it was a great place to work. Paula. And it wasn't a food court food; it was a real restaurant. No, it was a yeah. real restaurant. I still have uh, menus from there. Yeah, and um, and then they opened up uh, other places, um, and uh, a lot of um, a lot of uh, people met and got married and are still married from the family. We call the PBJ family. And, uh, yeah, it was a great place. Great friends. Great All right. Memories. Okay, hold on. Okay, so uh, listeners, the phone number is 913-586-7798. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, I have a couple of calls online, but if you have a question for for either Jordan Craft about Dinkeldorf's, Cindy's Bedspread. I still want the story on the name, Cindy's Bedspread. And you're not allowed to say I have no idea like you did with Dinkeldorf's. So we'll take that. And I have a couple of calls. And we'll, um, Art and Harriet, we'll get to you in just a moment. All right. So we have a few open lines. So go ahead and call in 913-586-7798. Now, if you enjoy the show, help me find a couple of sponsors so that we can keep the show going on the air. If you know any gung-ho small business owners, send them my way. I'll get them taken care of and explain what's going on with the show. I'd prefer, really prefer to stay local instead of getting some of the big conglomo uh, corporate sponsors for, for the next year. And also, please come out and support us at Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. We're at 119th in Glenwood and Overland Park, which is about two stoplights east of Metcalf. Start out by going to the website makethemsmile.com and sign up for the email newsletter. You'll be the first to find out what's going on. And it's um, we've got some big things going on, so i got to tell you, so it occurred to me this week, I think about Thursday, it hit me that I may have fulfilled my mission in creating this show. And you're thinking, okay, what do you mean by that? And it's, it's, you know, we've got more stories to tell. But now here's the deal. So before I did the radio show, I would always be in the dining room visiting with customers, asking what are your favorite stories from when you were a kid and growing up, restaurants, dishes, what do you really miss? So the foods that we try to do at Best Regards are things that, that trigger those happy memories. And what's really interesting, so all of our really good ideas at the bakery are from customers that said, I missed this cookie or I missed this sandwich. And what's really interesting is that since we've done the show, the number one most missed dish has clearly been the Plaza 3 steak soup. And it's kind of taken on a life. I just got two thumbs up here in the studio. And it's, it's actually, if you go back and listen to the um, archives, it's come up almost as often as fried chicken. Now, I, here's here's what's really interesting that, the, it's kind of the serendipity of life and fate and all that kind of stuff. So I've had Ken Hill. He was one of the executives from um, um, Gilbert Robinson. I've also had Bill Latimer, uh, Bill Baker, you know, that was uh, that worked over there. Corporate chef Richard McPeak has been my guest on the show. He was a corporate chef that taught other people how to um, do their jobs at the various Gilbert Robinson restaurants. And I can't even tell you how many employees that I've had that have come to visit with me at Best Regards to share stories. And one of them, so I had my 60th birthday party, uh, or 60th birthday back on November 10th. And um, somebody gave me as my birthday present a copy of the original copy of the Plaza 3 steak soup recipe. Now, here's the thing. So I've been working on this for probably three years because people have talked about it, but not to this degree. And the recipe, here's the thing. The recipe is only 30% of a dish. 
all that is just a list of ingredients. That doesn't really, you know, it's like, you know, a list of the lumber you need to build a house. The technique and everything that goes into it is, is more important than the recipe. So in talking to everybody, the challenge, now if you Google Plaza 3 Steak Soup, you'll find 50 different recipes on the Internet that you can get, and none of them even come close. And so the, uh, Pla- the Plaza 3, when they went uh, bankrupt a couple years ago, somebody, the new Plaza 3 bought all the recipes, the name, and they also hired the chef, the executive chef from the last 20 years. So I tried their, their, Plaza, their Plaza 3 Steak Soup. I got to tell you, I'm done with my version. So it's called Robert's Kansas City Steak Soup, and I just started selling it yesterday. And so I put it in my email, and we sold five gallons, just people buying it by the cup and the bowl. So I've made 20 gallons of of the Robert's Kansas City Steak Soup, which is my interpretation of what the Plaza 3 Steak Soup used to be like. And I think it's even better. It's, It's everything that I've wanted. The thing is, when you think about a food, for so long, you're setting yourself up for failure because there's no way that reality can meet your expectations. But in that case, I think it did. So if you're out there and you missed the Plaza 3 Steak Soup, go to Best Regards Bakery and Cafe in Overland Park, Kansas. Go to makethemsmile.com. You'll see a map and directions. So we'll be able to do that. We're still taking orders for Christmas cookies, sugar cookies, platters for families, and then party boxes for office gifts. So you can do that. All right. So you two uh, put your headphones on and so you can hear the callers. Rocco, let's go and go to line one with Art. Hi, great show. Uh, well, thank you. Jordan may or may not remember Dinkledorf's uh, back when always would have a good entertainment there at night. And my brother, uh, David Chartran, used to play there uh, fairly frequently. He was a guitar and banjo guy and uh, did everything from Jim Croce to John Denver to John Prine. Uh, but it was a great place to go at night. And I don't know if Jordan remembers Dave or not, but he, he frequently played down there. Well, that's that's amazing. So, did he go on to uh, bigger and greater music things, or was that just a fun, <laughs> fun, fun, crazy oh, time? He, he started off as a local uh, lead guitarist in a band called the Guys Next Door, which is a local band of the Nobriger Brothers and a number of other guys around town. And uh, then he he was just a traveling minstrel, uh, but he later became a reporter and a writer and uh, wrote a book, and um, you know li- lived a good life. But uh, great musician. Um, Probably not the greatest singer in the world, but he could certainly do John Prine and Jim Croce. Uh, well, well, um, Art, thank you for taking the time to call. Isn't it amazing how memories like this, just talking about a dish or a name of a restaurant, brings back all those other memories? I absolutely does. I also remember, and Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong, one of the little signatures of Dinkledorf's was at each table, there was like a mason jar of pickled carrots and pickles and stuff like that. Uh, and you can sit there and munch on while you waited? Uh, absolutely. That's one of the things we talked about earlier that the health department said, no, thank you. <laughs> oh, those were great. I ate a mini a jar of those. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, All right. well, well, Art, thanks for calling in and help coloring the picture for us so we can uh, just imagine what it looked like. Thanks a lot, Art. I appreciate you calling and listening. All right, Rocco, let's go and go to who's next. Okay, let's go and go to Harriet. Harriet, are you there? I am here. Good morning. Well, good morning. So what do you know about what we're talking about today? Well, uh, Jordan mentioned uh, Lujan's restaurant on 5th Street, and I do believe it was on Delaware, but I could be wrong about that. But when you came in and you sat down, they brought a plate of marinated green peppers. And, Robert, I was at 
best regards one day, and we were talking about this, and I dropped off the copy of their original recipe. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and dig that up. I have a special box for those. Well, it was, it was, I was kind, kind of uh, backdoor cousins, if you will. Sure. Uh, with, with Lujan and his wife, Elaine, and um, that's their recipe. Well, 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 Harriet, thank you very much for calling in and sharing that. I'll go back and see if I can dig that up. I love your show, and it's uh, I'm old enough. I remember all these old restaurants. Oh, it, it's interesting, though, how one story opens up memories that you haven't thought of for 30 or 40 years. Oh, exactly. All right. Well, thank you thank for you calling in. Oh, you're welcome. Good work. Have right. a happy holiday. All right. So, you know, what's interesting Um if you think about side dishes and what it triggers. So I grew up in Wichita, Kansas, and there was an Italian restaurant down there that's called Angelo's. And when I was a kid, my parents would always get the, like the, the house salad, salad dressing. And there was this thing on top that was just absolutely delicious, and they never told me what it was. It was pickled eggplant. And anybody that in it is so amazing uh, that I can still remember that, what it was, and I didn't, I didn't know it was pickled eggplant. And if you talk to anybody that's from Wichita that went there, they will remember because it was strips of it and it was almost chewy and just had the, the, the pickling flavor and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to re- – that's one of the things I want to recreate. So I went back to the Microfish records for the Wichita. I think it was the Beacon because there was two competing uh, papers down in Wichita. And so I found a Microfish recipe, uh, recipe from the 1970s where they shared that before they got famous. So I, I want to do that. But so I, I'm going to have to get some help from Jasper because I have all the recipe. And then there's one line that just says um, one half cup spices. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I've got so I've got 98% of the recipe except for spices. <laughs> so we'll get that one. So I, I can appreciate what Harry was saying was doing all that. All right, Rocco, let's go ahead and go to uh, Craig. Oh, did Craig disappear? Oh no. no, Craig's here. All right, Craig, what do you have for us? Well, I'm Cindy's brother. Hi, Cindy's Craig. best friend's brother. Hi, Craig. I talked to your sister last night. Hey, Jordan. How are you and Diane doing? Life is We're good, doing buddy. Good. How about yourself? Well, I'm just I'm just calling in, uh, remembering how great the River Key was until it got taken over by explosives. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you remember then, any of those at restaurants? At 103, as I remember, there's a Denny's across the street, and after. 10 o'clock midnight, Denny's was just a parking lot. Do you remember that? Oh, oh for sure. Matter of because fact, Denny's I remember, was, you were putting Denny's out of business. I remember. Yeah, I, I wish we did. And, <laughs> and also when uh, I had my dragster, I had a front engine dragster raced at Lawrence Dragway, and you guys would give me a frozen Big Mother's, the five-foot sandwich, and I would take it up there, and at lunchtime it would be thawed out, and all the racers would hover around my pit area and devour the sandwich, and we'd go back racing, and they're still talking about it today. <laughs> well, I wish we were still making them today. <laughs> well, I'd like, to get a, I'd like to get a food truck, Ginkledorf's Deli food truck. Oh, there you go. Nothing else, nothing else like it. Well, and you know what? Well, I'll bet you your sister still has all the recipes. She's given me all the recipes. The, the brownies, remember the brownies. Sure. Had the best had the best brownies. I don't know what they put in them. All right. Now, I think Cindy said they put sour cream in them or something. I don't well, know. Did those brownies have anything to do with naming the restaurant Cindy's Bedspread? 
No, but I th- as I remember, Cindy's bedspread, the, they, they use the bedspreads as tablecloths, though, right? Uh, it, I, you know what? I don't remember any <laughs> tablecloth. Yeah, basically, yeah. basically yeah. Our, our offices and the catering facility were upstairs. Yeah, we had this dead space. That's where the that's where the hamburger place came in. We had to do yeah, something. I thought, with yeah, but I thought the bedspreads were the tablecloths over the tables. Huh? But okay, I, I could be wrong. I was only in there one time. I was only like eighteen then. <laughs> so, um, Craig, is your sister going to call into the show, Cindy? I don't know. She's in Florida. I don't even know if she's listening to the. Uh, I said it might be on the internet. Yeah, but it is at Odyssey.com. She's doing well, and my brother uh, Pete, he passed away years ago. All and, right. Uh, well, Craig, she's still living down there in Florida on the beach. All right, Craig. Well, thank you for calling in and sharing those stories and jogging and um, jogging her memories just a little tiny bit. And also, I have Jordan's phone number. No, he doesn't answer texts. <laughs> <laughs> but if okay. you call, you know, I'll call my phone number. We'll get together and yeah. reminisce. Yeah, you got to let it okay, ring about buddy. eight or nine times before <laughs> yes. he fi- before he figures Ooh. out it's his phone. <laughs> We'll do the yes, sir. All right. Thank, thank you, you so Craig. Much. I appreciate that. Good, Be good, safe, Craig. Good talking to you, Jordan. Bye. All right. All right. Jordan, have you seen what Cindy's bedspread the building looks like now? Because what was that, 317 Delaware Street? Uh, I, sure, I've driven by well, here. there. It doesn't look... It doesn't look any different. A little cleaner, maybe. <laughs> the, the, the bricks are a little cleaner now. Yeah. Uh, we were in between uh, Egan's and Three Little Pigs, which was a... I can't remember what they sold, but I think there were three brothers or cousins yeah. or something. And uh, Egan's was a fellow named Mike Egan, and it was basically just a big bar. And on the corner was uh, poor Freddy's. Okay. Freddy Bonadonna. Yep. Okay. All right, good. So it's um, so there's somebody on the text line. I read your text. They're put, uh, putting a pitch in for me to make the five-foot sandwich. They said it would be really good during the Super Bowl on New Year's Eve. And they said that you guys had a refundable deposit on the board, sandwich board, to get people to bring them back. Well, of course we did. (laughs) We couldn't be giving those boards away. (laughs) All right. So, um, Rocco, let's go and go to Catherine. Are you there, Catherine? Hi there. What do you have for us? Hello. Thank you for your show. It's fabulous. I've been wanting to call in. Uh, first of all, Dingledorf's Deli had the most fabulous banana nut bread. And they served it a lot of times I would get there, and it would be fresh out of the oven. They served it with a slab of Philadelphia cream cheese. Ooh. Fabulous. It that makes was anything good. better. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention, and I've been listening to your show for a few months now, a cock and bull restaurant just off 10th and Grand on 10th Street. Okay. Around the corner from United Missouri Bank, which is where I worked in the 70s, um, they made a Monte Cristo sandwich. It's the toasted bread with the ham and cheese, and uh, then they dip it in batter and fry it, and it's fabulous. All right, cock and bowl. So, listeners, if you I would be interested in the history of that, and if you've ever had anybody on about that. Yeah. All right, so for the listeners out there... um, Catherine brings up a good point. If you have a restaurant like that, come by Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. I am always there. And I'll sit down to talk with you, and we'll see if we can track somebody down or if you happen to have some good uh, behind-the-scenes stories. We're, uh, okay. we're absolutely open the for that. The other thing is, does Jordan have any recipes that are out there, like this banana nut bread I'm in love with? 
Uh, you know what? I do not, but I'll 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 call Cindy. Okay. And ask her if she still has any of the recipes. And if she won't, Craig said he has it. Oh well. If, oh, fantastic! Well, and Robert has Craig's phone number, and I can get it from Cindy. And, yeah. and well, if, get that. And if you guys are willing to share, bring it to me over at Best Regards and see if maybe we could do the um, recreate that that banana nut bread. I see if oh, that'd be fantastic. Yes. I'm I'm all for that. Well, I, I, I like find, finding some of those old dishes that then you could sell sell a whole bunch of it yeah. and afford to keep this I'll, show going. I'll, I'll put your yeah yeah. I'll put your picture on it. How's that? There you go. <laughs> Even better. All right. Thank you all. Thank Have you, a Catherine. wonderful Christmas and a happy New Year. Me Bye. Too. Thank Th- you. Thank you, ma'am. All right, Rocco. Let's go ahead and go to John. Hello. Yeah, John. What do you have for us? Oh, I didn't know if you were going to get on today. Uh, I'm seeking a name of a incredible fried chicken place that we used to go to on Sundays. I came from a uh, small town, and we'd drive up, and it was it was uh, it was right behind uh, the H. D. Lee Building, which is now another name on on State Line and uh, uh, forty what you know, State Line Road and Johnson Drive. And and you'd go not you didn't go quite there and there was a road that went back in it's no longer there the building's gone but it was a fried chicken restaurant that was unbelievable. So you're not and talking it about the, it wasn't near the plaza. Yes, it was well not near. Well, you know it's before you come into the plaza, so it's Johnson Drive at State Line. Hmm. You know hmm. State, State yeah. Line Road. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. Um, so some... There's a big building there, and behind it was where this restaurant was. And we used to go there back in the 40s. In the All, early right. 50s. All right. Well, there's. I, I don't want. I don't want to tell uh, Jordan, it was, it was but one, yeah, it was one name. It was a one name uh, person. It was a person's name, and and the, the fried pan fried chicken was unbelievable. It was, you know, it's a big pile, like Boots and Coast did in yeah. those days. And, but yeah, it wasn't Overland Park, so that. it wasn't um, John Francis. No, it was one. Okay. It was one word. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what, and I think on the twenty third, right before Christmas, I'm going to do open calls. So yeah, if right. any listeners out there, um, give us a call back with the answer on that one, and you're welcome to call back then, uh, John. Also. And also, do you talk about the top of the tower and the restaurants up yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Already? We'll do the well. We'll do the open calls on the twenty third. Very good. Thank uh, you. For all right. Calling. Thank you. I appreciate that. You bet. Mm, bye bye. All right, Cindy. You. Your eyes lit up on that one. Uh, Not Cindy, I'm sorry. (laughs) Diane. Diane, your eyes lit up on that one, on John Francis. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's, that was a, and I remember him sitting there when you came in. Okay. Every time. John Francis would, he'd always be in this little booth and walking around. I think he was. About 100 100 then. 110. Yeah. Okay, so that would be the grandpa. And then his son, you know, that they kind of did the restaurant together. Oh, so okay. do you know how to listen to podcasts? Um, do you know uh, how to listen to a podcast? Mm. Okay. Well, you need to learn. So I think episode, <laughs> I think like the fourth or fifth week I did this, I had John Francis on my show, but it was the grandson. Okay. So he just retired from the Overland Park Fire Department. Oh, my god! But he grew up working in there since he was like 12 years old. And I think by the end he was running the kitchen. But there's a whole hour show on stories about John Francis. He he was so kind. Yeah, I mean, and the food was was great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, on I mean, the I mean, corner. It was yeah, right I mean, those corner. restaurants and the, the the restaurants that you guys had, Jordan. You know, was, you, you connected with people. You know, it wasn't just a national chain. You just hired. You just get food that's made and 
who knows where it's made, and all they do is heat it up or fry it. Exactly. No, you know, you were talking about uh, steak soup. Yeah. I don't know if you remember uh, uh, 100 West Ward Parkway, Gilbert Robinson, mm-hmm. and uh, I worked there. I bartended there, and uh, it was really the first atmosphere involvement. Kansas City, everything was steaks and wood. Yeah. Everything looked like gold knocks. And uh, this had they had the the nudes on the wall and oh yeah and they used to lug these great big containers of steak soup down from Plaza Three yeah I don't know how I don't know how but and you're not old enough to remember this but these great big pictures they had on the wall uh-huh. uh huh some of which were nudes but but nicely done yeah I have them I don't know how I got them you have the paintings or prints I don't know if they're paintings they're or the, prints they're uh-huh. rep. They're not the prints. I think they're the prints. They're wrapped up. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, I know somebody who collects that stuff. So yeah. I, I can hook you up with this person. But yeah. uh, So you remember that that 11-foot picture of Annie at Annie Santa Fe? You know, that the Annie Santa Fe was named after a woman sure. who had owned a bordello here in Kansas City in the late 1800s. And so when they were moving into that spot, that painting was already there. So they had the menu first, which was Mexican food, and they had all that done. Trying to figure out the name, they said, "Well, let's just keep the painting and name the restaurant after her." So they called it Andy Santa Fe. Oh. Huh. But so, I, so when I had the old executives from there and Richard McPeak, the chef from there, they said, "I wonder whatever happened to that painting." Well, the gentleman who bought that at auction listens to my show, and so I'll be, actually be doing a live show from his basement because he's building a museum. Wow! So he has wow. a lot of that stuff. So if you have some uh, paintings like that, I know he's looking for. Well, I've that. got them, and they're they're still wrapped up in paper. And yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he he's really he's really his priority is to maintain the history, you know, the, uh, that that we have here in Kansas. One hundred West had uh, it was they had lounges yeah. instead of just wood chairs and tables. Yeah. Good. Well, the, somebody mentioned a story on here on the cock and bull. We'll bring that up in a couple of weeks when we do the. Um, the open calls, but you know we were talking about John Francis. So the guest, my guest next week is somebody that you just met, and so uh, Paul Corey is going to be on next week. He's going to be my guest, and I was talking to him about the show, how we connect all these dots, and I was trying to think of some of the older restaurants that he may not know. And I mentioned John Francis. He goes, "That was the first job he ever had in high school was as a dishwasher at John Francis." Paul did. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. He, it, I never knew that. I know. Isn't that crazy though? <laughs> yeah. You know, and he said he loved that place. He goes, great family, well run. Oh, well run. You know, and, and that, his experience there probably helped set the tone for him going into the restaurant field. I can see that. You know, and it's just, you know, we forget that some of these smaller family-owned restaurants where we treat employees like family, you know, the, the relationship you build with customers, that can set the tone for the rest of your life. And I'm sorry, but you work at a national chain, you don't get that. No. No. And if it sets the tone for racial life, it's a different tone. And as I said, like uh, at Paradise Diner, there was so many people that that were married, had children, and they're still together. And and when wherever we see each other, I mean, it's like we never, yeah, never, you know, yeah, like I mean, old that, friends. Yeah, you know, that's the beauty of this, though, is that the people that. Some of the customers just they make that connection and they remember when we talk about some of these stories, it just brings it back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a dish, sometimes it's the people. You know, I can the, still remember the lady that waited on me when I was a kid at the at the Winsteads in the Plaza. Isn't that, isn't that fun though? Uh, unbelievable. Yeah, 
you yeah. know. You know, and, and you know, and, and Diane, you get this as a bartender, but sometimes at the restaurants, you know, the waiter, the waitress, or if the owner's out walking around in the in the dining room, that does the same thing. Oh, totally. I mean, I I still I work at a an eye clinic, and uh, I still have patrons that I waited on at Paradise Diner, and their patients at at the eye clinic. Yeah. And yeah, you know, so yeah. I see. People that I waited on years ago. I mean, it, this is a big deal. It's, you know, at best regards, we've been in business for 30 years. We've been in this location for, I think, 12 or 13. But I remember last year there was a, a couple came in, I don't know, 30s, 40s, and said, I'm embarrassed to do this, but my dad insisted that I come down and tell you that he's in intensive care, and that's why he hasn't been here for two weeks. Oh. And I asked who your dad was, and they showed me a picture. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, thank you, because, I mean, we haven't seen him. We worry about that. Sure. You know, sure, and, totally. and she said, are you serious? I go, yeah. She goes, so he really, you do know who he is. I go, yes, and we care. I said, tell him to get well and oh. come back. You know, but that's that's neat when you, we can have that connection. All right, Rocco, let's just go real briefly to um, Al. Are you there, Al? Hi. Uh, I think the name of that restaurant at State Line and Johnson Drive was the Green Parrot. Okay. Well, that caller, um, I'll, we'll mention that if he's still listening, he can uh, file that away for December 23rd. But he was insisting it was a one-word name. But I'll go, we'll go back and look up Green Parrot, and I'll put this on my itinerary for December 23rd. Okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you calling and helping. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So the listeners out there, uh, we're coming up on the end of the hour. So if you have a question, if you have feedback on any of the things with, that we've talked about, Send a text in to 913-586-7798. I copy these and print all these and keep that on file for future reference so we'll be able to, do, be able to um, deal with that. Jordan, what have I not asked you about that I should have, about your experience and what you did? Oh, where did you get the name Cindy's Bedspread? And, uh, and don't tell me you can't tell the story on there. Okay, I'll tell the story. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, clean it up. They were... Uh, uh, Pete and an, I wasn't there, but they were okay. So you haven't even told the story. You're already distancing yourself from it, so you don't <laughs> have any responsibility. Well, now it's all legal, so it doesn't matter much. <laughs> yeah. uh, and again, this is when it was, and uh, they were experimenting. Okay. And apparently, Cindy had this really cool bedspread, and they're experimenting and seeing all these different things in her bedspread. Okay. And uh, that's. That's the name. That was the name of our corporation. Okay, Cindy's Bedspread, and uh, that's how. Well, Jordan, marijuana is legal. Those psychedelics that you're experimenting. I with. wasn't there. Okay, I, not you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what they were doing. All I right. have no, so I have no clue. So, so we could just say that this was name was created in the 1970s. The name was created in the early 70s okay. or late 60s. And that the was people our, that lived through those days can figure out the rest. That was our corporate name also. <laughs> so that's all I know. All about right, that. good. All right. Well, it, it's been a joy. Um, Diane, did you have anything else you wanted to add? I know I promised you you weren't going to talk, but I lied. I know. And <laughs> You were expecting did that, Did they do though. okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, I, I love your restaurant. I love, well, thank you. I love your bakery. Um, you have great food and... Uh, I mean, if you haven't been there, you need to go. I tell people about your place all the time. Well, good. Well, thank you. You know, it, it's this radio show is 
really just an extension of our bakery and what we do. I mean, this is how we live our life. This is this is who we are. And when you come in, I mean, we these conversations that we just had on the air today and you've heard on uh, previous shows, that's the conversations I have with people because that's, you know, today's day and age, you know, it's too many people look for reasons to, uh, looking for a point of conflict, you know, and it's, and back when I was growing up, you know, you didn't have to talk about politics and you didn't talk about religion, but you found connections. And that's and then food uh, to me is that ultimate connection where I don't care about the rest of the stuff, but you know, if we find that common ground very much so, and that's, and that's what I really enjoy that I have there. And I was curious if whether or not we could create that here, you know, on the radio show. And it's been amazing to me that we've, created that 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 same connection here in that same environment well, so i can't it, wait to try the steak soup oh i'm yeah. heading out there all today. right so everybody bail me out so the plaza three steakhouse is some, the steak soup is something <laughs> i've been wanting to make for a long time and so this is this is what my creation is that's based on all the stories that i've heard my memories of that and i try to take and capture what the old memory was and to make it better and so I just made 20 gallons of that soup. So we actually have it available by the court. So you can get that to take home. But it captures everything that you had back then. All right, so be sure to come by and see us this week at Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. We're at 119th and Glenwood and Overland Park. That's two blocks east of Metcalf. We're across from the Cheesecake Factory next door to Johnny's. And please remember that this is the month to spread joy and happiness to others, and we want to become a part of that, whether it's meeting friends for breakfast, lunch, or having a treat for your gift-giving needs. We've actually done the corporate gift-giving for 30 years now. At one time, we used to ship out thousands of baskets. So let us show what we've been doing. Lastly, don't forget that this and all of our past shows are available on all podcast platforms. Just search for Kansas City Food Memories. Thank you, Jordan. My pleasure joy having you here. And Diane, I'm glad you joined us. Thank you. That was that was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us. And thank you, Rocco. Great job on the boards, keeping it all cleaned up and organized. And thank you to all of you for listening. I'll see you here next Saturday with Paul Corey at 10 a.m. This concludes this broadcast of Kansas City Food Memories.